Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Good morning, ladies. Hope you've all had an amazing weekend. We are going to jump straight into this episode following on from last week's conversation where I was talking all about how to manifest love, how to call in your soulmate, how to work with the universe to attract the person that you want to be with. So it's a a topic of conversation that um, I often get requests about and I've not touched upon it yet. Um, Just as a quick recap for those of you um, who tuned in for last week, if you've not yet listened to last week's episode, I would suggest starting there. So in that episode, I talk all about getting clarity on not necessarily who you exactly want to attract, but you know how you want to f- feel and some of the qualities that the person that you want to have in your life, what kind of qualities do they have? So getting clarity, but also you know looking at your beliefs when it comes to yourself, when it comes to love, when it comes to relationships, what you believe is ultimately creating the relationships that you have in your life. Um, so we talked about the importance of that in last week's episode. For this week's episode, I want to start with your energy because we all know that your energy, your vibration is a big, big part of the law of attraction and how you are vibrating, your energetic frequency is dictating what is showing up in your life, relationships included. Okay, so you may see this actually, you may see this play out actually in non-romantic relationships where it tends to be that that phrase, like attracts like, or misery loves company. That's another phrase that we can use here. And the idea is that we often surround ourselves with people that we, you know, we are like, but also we become the product of the people that we spend the most time with. So if energetically you are in a negative space and vibrating at a lower frequency, you are going to become a magnet to those people who are vibrating at a similar level to you. Equally, if you're spending a lot of time with people who are vibrating at a lower frequency. So let's say, for example, you are surrounded by friends who just like to gossip and complain about things and to moan about how bad life is or to moan about how broke they are. If that's the situation that you are in, you will find that that negative energy affects your own vibration. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and let's say they just spend the whole time just complaining about stuff and every time you see them, it's drama, it's bitchiness, it's gossip. How do you feel afterwards? I'm going to bet that you don't feel your most positive, high vibe self. In fact, you probably feel quite drained. It then becomes a bit of a vicious cycle because if you are in a negative place, if you are feeling this low negative energy, 
you're going to just attract more of the same type of people into your life, okay? So we can see this impact that other people and their energy can have on us and how that can also then dictate who we subsequently attract into our lives as well. So energy work is really important, but what kind of energy do we need to be vibrating at in order for us to call in the person of our dreams, our soulmate, you know, the person that we want to have that romantic relationship with? Well, going back to what I was talking about last week, for me, this is all tied in with our sense of worth. When we are fully valuing ourselves, our contribution to the world, when we fully believe in ourselves, when we feel worthy and deserving of love and an amazing life and, you know, feel worthy and deserving of attracting the person of our dreams, we vibrate in a different way. So just by focusing on your beliefs and transforming your beliefs, you will find that that automatically has a knock-on effect on your energy. When we're holding on to lots of negative thoughts and feelings about ourselves, that manifests within us as negative energy. And you can feel that, right? When you don't feel good about yourself. Let's say, for example, you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and you say, you say to yourself, oh, you know, I'm not pretty enough. That is a belief, right? I believe I'm not pretty enough. I believe I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. You know, that is that that belief of not enoughness. But think about how you also feel in that moment. You know, feelings are something that you feel within you. You can feel feelings almost like vibrating through you. That is your energy, right? Your feelings are very much linked with your energy. And when you say those things, perhaps internally or maybe even externally, when you say those things, you believe those things, you can feel the negative energy running through you. And just even try it. Spend a minute just looking in front of the mirror saying bad things about yourself. It will have an impact on how you're feeling. Again, that is your vibration. And, you know, this vibration, as I mentioned, it is dictating who we are calling in. So just by working on your beliefs, if you start to believe you are worthy and deserving and, you know, capable of calling in somebody who is absolutely right for you, you are instantly going to start to feel better. Your vibration will instantly be raised and that will help you to then attract the person that you want. Now, when it comes to energy, one exercise that I love to do is a process called acting as if, if showing up as if. Okay, and this is the way for you to be able to step into that higher version of you who's already manifested that dream relationship, who's already loved by the person that she loves most in the world, that has this incredible relationship where you're each other's best friends and you know you are completely right for each other. If you already had that in your life, how would you show up today differently? Okay, and it's a good thing to perhaps try out, you know, try on this other identity, this other version of you. Try her on just for a day. Okay, let's say, for example, you know, you woke up in the morning and, you know, you were about to have this wonderful breakfast with the person of your dreams. As you wake up, what are the first things that run through your head, you know, as you step into your day? Or let's say, for example, you are going about your day and that evening your partner has planned this incredible evening for just the two of you and you're going to spend all of this amazing time together and he's told you multiple times throughout the day like how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. 
if you've already had that, if you, you know, if you're going about your day and that's what you've got to look forward to at the end of your day, how would you show up differently? So it's about stepping into that identity and doing that, even if it's just sort of trying it on, even if it's just tricking, tricking yourself. You know, it's that whole idea like fake it before you make it type of thing. You know, you're acting as if you've already got that relationship. How would you show up differently today? Because as you do that, you will find you step into your day from a different energy, okay? You will start to embody a higher frequency. You'll start to embody the frequency of love because your mind is saying to you, I already have love. I already am loved. I already have this incredible person who values me, who loves me, who respects me. And when you start to trick your mind to believe that that's already within your life, you start to vibrate differently. You start to vibrate as if that's already happened for you. And what happens when you vibrate at the frequency of love, you do, of course, then attract love, okay? What we're attracting is always going to be a vibrational match to who we are being right now. So for you to attract love and kindness and compassion, you have to be vibrating at those frequencies by embodying those things right now. Now, one thing I found really kind of works here is thinking about embodying the, 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 the feelings of love and happiness and joy and compassion and, you know, all of these wonderful things that we get when we are in the relationship of our dreams. How can we start to create those feelings and create those emotions right now from being kind to ourselves, from loving ourselves, from, you know, giving time for ourselves? So this is really where, for me, self-love comes into play. Like, Self-love and, and I guess, self-care, practicing that is a way, is the foundation really for you to attract external love. So if you are loving yourself by allowing yourself to do the things that you love to do, you know, going out and having a good time, spending time with people that make you feel amazing, doing activities that make you feel amazing, looking after your body, looking after your skin, you know, doing these rituals that feel good to you, whether it's, you know, a daily yoga practice, going on a walk, you know, reading books that, you know, make you feel great. All of those things, again, are affecting your vibrational frequency. So if you're, let's say you're stepping into an activity and you're like, oh my God, I love doing this. And you're feeling really happy and joyful. Those feelings, again, are being put out into the universe and are helping you to draw in the people who are going to make you feel the same way. Okay, so it's why, let's say, for example, let's say you're not attracting the partner of your dreams and you're feeling a little bit of, you know, that victim mentality where you're just kind of feeling a bit sorry for yourself. And, you know, because you're not meeting somebody, you don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like seeing people. You just want to sit in the house and just mope around. There is a reason why when you enter into that state, you close yourself off from love. You close yourself off from amazing people, amazing opportunities, amazing things happening to you because you are in that space of negative energy. So it takes for your heart to open for you to call that love in. And we open our heart by putting ourselves into environments that make us feel great, okay? raise us up rather than keeping us feeling low and, you know, drawn down. Now, when it comes to energy work, one of the tools that I absolutely love for transforming your energy is emotional freedom technique, tapping, EFT. 
And I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but how EFT works, it works to essentially tap away blockages within your energetic field. Okay, so in our purest energetic state, our energy is freely moving through our body. Okay, and then blockages tend to occur, they they often occur when we experience something um, and we we take away from that experience something negative. And in that moment, what we take away might turn into a belief. So let's say, for example, let's say you, I don't know, when you were younger, you were at school and, you know, somebody said, ugh, like, look at her, she's she's ugly or whatever. Or, you know, one of the other kids called you chubby. <laughs> something happened to you, you know, at a, at a younger age. And you had that experience. In that moment, the energy that is flowing freely through your body, it becomes stuck, okay? Because you, all of a sudden, you become focused on that one event. You know, perhaps you keep playing it through in your mind, what that person said to you. It's kind of like you're, when a record gets stuck, right? And it keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. The energy is still within your body, but it's rather than flowing freely through your body, it's basically kind of looping back on itself, stuck congested energy and that just stays there like you get these sort of blockages that you just hold on to until that blockage is released okay um and so as i mentioned these these beliefs or these experiences that we have and these negative beliefs that are formed can then create these blockages within our energy and these programs this this internal programming stays with us right you know it doesn't just go on its own after time it stays with us it's stored within our own energetic blueprint okay and then when we become an adult and you know that 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 blockage is still there you know, when somebody makes a comment on our appearance, all of a sudden we are drawn back to all of the things that have happened to us where we've been made to feel like we're not pretty enough, we're not thin enough, we're not, you know, we're not enough. Again, it's this cycle of not enoughness. So for me, EFT is a brilliant way to help release those blockages by tapping on the the meridian points within our body whilst saying certain phrases. So um, again, you know, I've, I've spoken about EFT before, but it's very similar to something like acupuncture, where acupuncture, you're using needles, putting needles into the energetic meridian points in the body to release those blockages. With emotional freedom technique, we are tapping on certain points in order to release those energetic blocks. So let's say, for example, going back to the the example I just used of, let's say you had this experience when you were younger and somebody in the school playground called you chubby (laughs) and said, oh, you know, you're, you're, look at you, you're a little chubby little girl, (laughs) something like that. You know, kids say these things, you know, kids are, can be brutal, right? (laughs) Um, But at the time, we, you know, this becomes our whole world. We can't stop thinking about it. You know, we get upset by it and it changes, it creates this energetic blockage within us. Using EFT, we would come and we would tap through those phrases. So EFT, what's interesting about EFT is we actually focus on the negative to begin with. So it might be, you know, oh, I remember a time when I was told, you know, I'm, I was ugly or I was fat or whatever. And, you know, you would start to tap and start to say some of those phrases out loud, actually bring them to the surface. A lot of the time with law of attraction, people think we have to avoid the negative. Oh, if I 
focus on the negative, I just create more negative. But actually, that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes we need to bring that junk to the surface in order to fully heal from it. So what we're doing is we're bringing up all of those stored negative emotions, those old experiences, those old traumas, those past wounds. We're bringing all of that to the surface. We're vocalizing it. We're acknowledging it, but then we're tapping on it to let it go. Okay. So EFT is a brilliant um, way to release those energetic blockages. Um, The other um, one of my favorites for energy work is work to, to heal the chakras. Okay. So The chakras, you want to kind of think of those as your energy centers throughout your body. And again, this is where often like blockages can occur. So when remember when I mentioned about, you know, the the flow of your energy through the, the, the body, it becomes stagnant and it sort of starts circling back on itself. These can, these blockages can occur at one of our chakra areas. And often when it's love that we are lacking in our life or we're having issues with, maybe it's relationship issue, it's an issue of love, it's often linked to a blockage within the heart chakra, okay? And so there's different ways in which we can heal the heart chakra and release any blockages that are being stored there. Um, I did an episode, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, on the different chakras, so definitely check that out if you haven't done so yet. But um, yeah, energy work, Um, centered around the chakras is another way to really sort of heal these energetic blocks and to help you essentially what we're doing here is we want to get our energy flowing in the sort of the purest possible way we want it to be flowing freely within us without any blockages and when it does that that is when we are most connected to source but most connected to that energy of love we are most um, aligned with the energy of love And you maybe felt this before, and it may not have come necessarily from a romantic relationship. Sometimes when we think of love, we think of being in love, being in love with a person. But actually that energy of love, we can tap into that without necessarily needing anything external to give us those feelings. And the way that we do this is by being connected to our higher selves, being completely in consciousness, okay? Um, Completely detached from the mind, from the thoughts, from, you know, our emotions and being in that state of enlightenment. And I've only been blessed to, you know, to be able to access this state. It's not something that I can do on demand and it's not something I can do regularly, but I'm practicing at this to be able to be able to access this state more frequently. For me, I get into this state via meditation, okay? I am able to tune into and access the frequency of love through meditation. And for me, this completely makes sense why I called Philip into my life at the time that I did. Um, I've mentioned this before, but one of the books that I read, um, very much like, I was in a bad place when I discovered this book and it just, oh God, like, just so much amazing (laughs) feelings flooded into me when I started to apply the principles of this book. The book I am referring to is The Power of Now. So it's a book all about being in the present, being in the now, like, and um, 
yeah, and just, again, just accessing this higher state of consciousness where you are basically sitting above the thoughts. You realize that you are not your mind. You are not your thoughts. You are not your body. There is a higher version of you that is able to sit above all of that and able to witness kind of you in your body and having these thoughts, but completely disassociate from you, your physical body and your thoughts. And when you realize that, when you get that awareness, you tap into the feeling of love. And I remember reading this book, The Power of Now, and I would read it on my daily commute to work. And this was at a time when I was in a really bad relationship. I was really struggling with my self-worth. He was cheating on me. I was feeling terrible about myself. I was blaming myself. I was feeling not good enough, not pretty enough, not funny enough, not thin enough, all of the enoughness, not enoughness. And I had this commute. I was on the way to work, to a job that I really didn't love. I was getting on the bus, you know, on a Monday morning through congested London, just pretty miserable. And I was reading this book and it was just all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? What is this that I am able to feel through this process? So I was basically practicing mindfulness. I was reading The Power of Now and using my commute to sort of put this into practice. And oh my God, my, my commute all of a sudden became my favorite part of my day. You know, I was there surrounded just by, you know, by all of these other people going on the way to work as well and nobody looking at each other and, you know, everybody feeling very, very shut off. But I didn't pay attention to any of that. I was in my own amazing little world where I was connecting to all of these incredible emotions and it was like all of a sudden they just came flooding to me and to a point that you know it would bring tears to my eyes how amazing this feeling was to have been so shut off for so long and to feel to have felt so negative for so long to all of a sudden have it felt like on demand access to this higher higher level of consciousness, but also these amazing, wonderful feelings of love. It was just brilliant. So for me, that was, you know, that was the start of my journey. And now again, you know, through meditation, through quietening my mind, when I'm able to do this properly and I'm in meditation for long enough, I feel like I'm fully able to access that higher state. And when I do that, it's like the feeling of love just floods my body. I'm not relying on any sort of external source for that. You know, I could be sat in chaos for that day. Let's say nothing's gone to plan that day. You know, maybe the children have been awake all night. Neither of us, none of us have got any sleep. We wake up in the morning. You know, the house is a tip because Rafi's tornadoed her way through the house, pulling out all of her toys. You know, we get up and there's no milk for a coffee or whatever. You know, I could have had a morning of complete chaos. But if I go and I take myself you know, to my sacred space and meditate, I can very, very, you know, often will be able to access that feeling of love, that feeling of joy. So, you know, I'm not relying on anything sort of external. Everything around me could be in chaos, but I know that I have the ability to access that when I need to. And again, it's not quite on demand for me because there's times when I sit on my meditation map and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, I go to meditate and I just, I just can't seem to get there, okay? But I know that it can be possible. And kind of coming back to the, the theme of this episode is that, again, if you're able to access that feeling of love, you'll be able, you're able to connect to your higher consciousness and tap into that, that, that energy of love, 
that's when you're going to start calling it in. Okay, so we can actually change our vibration and start to vibrate at that frequency of love through completely disconnecting from our mind, completely disconnecting from our thoughts. Okay, shutting that off completely and allowing ourselves to sit in that higher state of consciousness. Now, when it comes to manifesting anything in our life, we have to remember that it, that it is a process of co-creation, okay? So it's not just us saying to the universe, please send me my soulmate, and our soulmate just lands in our lap. We have to be proactive, and we do this by doing the work on ourselves, by looking you know, getting clarity, first of all, but by also working on our beliefs, working on our energy, you know, they take participation from us, okay? We have to be showing up. But we also have to be taking some sort of physical action as well. So the work that we do isn't just internal. It isn't just thinking about our beliefs and our energy. We also want to be taking physical action. And this is, of course, inspired action. Action that actually moves us towards manifesting love, but taking action that feels really, really great. Okay. So I remember a while back now, I was having a conversation with somebody about this very topic, about manifesting love. And they were saying, you know, they were almost approaching it with this very much this fear mentality and kind of this panic and desperation where they were taking lots of action because they basically signed themselves up to every single dating app going. And they were going on all of these dates and just having the same sort of results. Like nobody, everybody that she was meeting just wasn't the match for her. And she just went on this string of terrible date after terrible date. And we were kind of talking about this sort of concept of inspired action. And she was saying, you know, I feel like I'm taking lots of action. Like I'm showing the universe, look, I'm prepared to kind of take action here and to be proactive, but it's not really getting me anywhere. And what we realized was that she didn't want to be on dating apps. She just found the whole thing a little bit sort of soulless, a bit, a little bit sort of, you know, methodical and, you know, a little bit forced. That just wasn't really, you know, her taking inspired action. She was doing it because she felt like, oh, I should be doing it. Everybody's telling me I should be going on the dating apps. You know, I should be putting myself out there. But actually, I just want to be going about my life, having fun and just hoping that the ideal guy is going to show up. And I said, well, that for you then is your inspired action. What feels good to you? If that is you just going about your life and you know, doing things that you enjoy doing anyway, you know, going on walks, going to, she was like quite into like music, so going to like different music things, you know, if that is you taking inspired action, just do more of that. And she's like, yeah, okay, you're absolutely right. Like, why didn't I think of this? And this is the thing, like inspired action means taking the action towards calling in your soulmate, but taking action in a way that feels good to you, okay? So, you know, not taking any action would be just doing nothing, not being any, you know, not being proactive at all, not going out anywhere, not going out and meeting anybody, you know, closing yourself off completely. You know, if you were to stay in just a, you know, an empty room, not doing anything and, you know, not not being proactive to put yourself out in front of new people, then of course you are not, playing your full role in the process, okay? You can't expect the universe to just drop your desires into your lap. And this is often like the pre, the misconception rather with the law of attraction. It's just thinking about what you want and all of a sudden it appears. 
you know, thinking about the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams, and all of a sudden they come knocking at your door. So being proactive then, it means taking inspired action, thinking about what do I like doing? What, you know, what kind of action could I be taking today that is going to keep me in alignment? You know, you want to feel good as you start taking that action. So maybe it is, you know, doing that new hobby that you always wanted to do or, you know, going to that event that, you know, you think you would really enjoy. And I will say this, sometimes inspired action on the surface of things may not actually seem like inspired action because you're perhaps a little bit nervous of doing it. So what I mean by this is that sometimes the thing that actually will completely light you up and you will have so much fun doing and it will bring you so much joy, before you actually do that thing, you may be petrified of doing it. So let's say, for example, it's going to... Um, I don't know, let's say you see this sort of thing, um, like see this advert and it's for this like adventure trip, like, uh, you know, a weekend hiking and it would be for you to go, it would be with complete strangers, you wouldn't know anybody and you see that and think, oh my God, that sounds amazing, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't go on my own. You are allowing your fear to dictate your choices. If you are making your choices based purely on love, you would go for it. If there was no fear involved, if there was no, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, if we took that away, would you want to do that thing? Okay, so if we removed fear from the equation, would you want to do that thing? And I say this because often our most inspired action is on the other side of our fears. And often the things that will actually light us up the most on the surface to begin with may be the things that we're most afraid of doing. So a really good example of this, not related to love, but um, a really good example of this was um, uh, when I first started my business, taking inspired action for me, putting myself out there by doing videos, things like, you know, recording things for my audience. At the first, like when I first started my business, like those are the things I was so afraid of doing, creating a video going live, oh my goodness, like the thought of doing that made me feel sick. If I was to make my judgment then, with my fears in the way, I would never have taken that action, okay? So I had to almost sidestep my fears to to make that action feel inspired, okay? And what happened was that doing those things ended up becoming my favorite part of my business, Going live within my community or, you know, creating videos or now, you know, creating something like this podcast, these are the things that truly light me up. Like I get the most joy from within my business. But if I had made my judgment at the beginning when my fear was in the way, I probably would never have done those things. And I think a big part of how I've been able to grow my business in the way that I have is because I am doing the inspired action steps. I am taking the things, the steps to do the things that I love, despite the fact that those things were not necessarily things that I loved to begin with, okay? So when it comes to you deciding what is inspired action and what is uninspired action, make sure that you are not listening to the voice of fear to make your decision on that. Okay, you need to be able to say if fear was not in the equation right now, would it would I be moved forward for would I be moving forwards with doing this activity? 
So coming back to the example, like let's say you are looking at this incredible weekend away and you think, oh my God, I can't do this because I don't know anybody and what if this happens and what if that happens? But that sounds amazing, but I couldn't do that. If we were to just edge that fear to one side for a second and you just looked at it from a place of, if I was there, like, would I be like, you know, is this something that I would potentially love? Like, that's what you want to be. That's, that's that voice, that voice of love that you want to be making decisions on. Because if you're doing something you love, you can guarantee that by doing the things that you love and taking ex- inspired action, getting involved in things that make you feel good, they are always going to produce the most fruitful outcomes, okay? So you can, not guarantee, but I put some money on it that if you were to go and do, let's say, the weekend away that sounds amazing, but perhaps you're a little bit scared of doing because it's you know, out of your comfort zone, that would be the time that you would meet somebody who is completely aligned with you and your soul and you know, who you're meant to be with. It's in those moments when we're doing the things, taking the action that we really, really enjoy, that's when we're going to get the best results, okay? That's when we're going to start to manifest what we actually want versus what we don't want. Now, the final thing I want to touch upon when it comes to manifesting love is the idea of surrendering. The idea of trusting that what we want is already on its way. You know, the moment that we decide, I want love, I want my soulmate, and we let the universe know that that's what we want, we have to trust that it is already on its way. If we are doing the work to work on our energy, our beliefs, we're taking inspired action, we just almost then need to completely detach from the idea that it's going to lead us to our soulmate. So not detaching from the outcome would, you be, would mean you going on that trip, you deciding, okay, I'm taking inspired action and I'm going on this weekend away and then spending the whole time thinking, where is he or where is she? Where's my soulmate? Why aren't they speaking to me yet? Oh, I wonder at what point in the trip I'm going to meet them. That's you completely focusing and, deta- and, and attaching to the outcome and almost looking at it from that place of not trusting. Because if we fully trust amazing things are going to happen during that trip, we just relax and enjoy ourselves. But it's when we don't fully trust, when we don't fully believe, that we start to panic and we start to think, well, where are they? It's getting, you know, towards the end of the trip now and they've still not shown up. And in that energy, we actually cause resistance to our desires. We block ourselves from love. So surrendering means being in full trust that what you want is already on its way. And everything or everyone that is meant to find their way into your life will do so at exactly the moment that you are meant to receive that person. Okay? And it is no coincidence, I feel, that when I met Philip, you know, the the guy that I am now engaged to, the man that is the father of my children, when I met him, I I look looking back now, I didn't actually realize this at the time, but I was completely taking inspired action. So I had quit my job, I'd left my fiance, and I thought to myself, what do I just really, really want to do now? What would, what would I have fun doing? I wasn't thinking about where do I need to be to find the man of my dreams? I wasn't thinking about that. I just wanted to have a good time. I was like, you know what? My 20s are going to come and go very quickly. I just want to make sure I embrace them fully. I've wasted enough time being in a relationship that, you know, has made me miserable, being a job that's made me miserable. I just want to have some fun. And so I 
just decided, I was like, I want to be in the mountains. I loved skiing. I'm going to get a job as a chalet girl and I'm going to have the time of my life. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was having the time of my life. And I, of course, met Philip. And again, I wasn't, I didn't go onto that trip and, you know, into Switzerland thinking, okay, where is he? Where's the man of my dreams? I'm, you know, I'm taking inspired action and now he needs to show up. I was just, you know, focusing on just having the best time possible. I was putting myself in new situations where I was meeting lots of new people. You know, I was having these incredible experiences and yeah, and I was just sort of going with the flow. And it's no coincidence then that that's at that moment when I just completely almost forgot about the idea of finding a new relationship, one showed up. And they always say this, don't they? You've probably heard this before. Oh, you'll find the person or you'll, you know, you'll find love when you're least expecting it, when you're not looking for it. And why do we, why does that happen to people? It happens because they are detached from the outcome. Okay, because when we detach, you know, we're just we're letting the universe work its magic. If we try to control things or force things to happen, it's like to say to the universe, you know, what? it's all right. I got this. I don't need you. We don't give the universe enough space to work its magic. Okay, so take inspired action. You know, put yourself out there, put yourself in situations where you're meeting new people, where you're doing things that you enjoy. Love will find a way to you when you almost forget about searching for it, okay? So I hope this all made a lot of sense to you and I hope you resonated with what I've been sharing with you over the past two episodes. Keep your suggestions coming, ladies. Um, You know, let me know what you'd like more of on this podcast. Um, You know, if you are enjoying it, come and let me know. You can find me at Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching. Come and say hello over there. Let me know again what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for tuning in again to this week's episode. And yeah, I will catch you all again next week. Thanks, ladies. If you are wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.